This episode of Meet Me for Coffee is brought to you by Chatter365 at chatter365.com. This amazing app that you need for your phone. Get in touch with your community. Talk to people who speak different languages because it has an auto-translate feature, which means they speak their language, you speak yours. It translates to you in between. There's no running to Google Translate anymore. Download the app right now, wherever you get your apps for your phone. All right, Meet Me for Coffee this week features Kim Coates. You've seen him as Tig Traeger in Sons of Anarchy, Declan Gardner in Bad Blood, one of my favorites. And he's a Redwood, a Redwood original, which is pretty cool. Um, I've seen you in Black Hawk Down, Pearl Harbor, a movie called Grilled, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, Kim, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, George. Um, this is good. These are good to do in these crazy times, right? It's good to say hi and and let people know that you're alive and thinking about everybody and um yeah thanks for having me well thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day i know uh you're from saskatoon there is a ton of hockey players from that area wendell clark is from kelvington one of the the craziest uh fighters i've ever seen could, um, he, duke it, could he duke it out or what uh, and wendell's not a very big guy people who know hockey like you and i do i mean you know, Bob Probert, who's one of my favorite human beings, and big heart goes out to his family. We lost him way too soon. But Bobby Probert was uh, was an incredible fighter. But Wendell, pound for pound, I'm really not sure anyone was tougher than him. Well, there was a, a few other people from his town that were just as, as crazy as him. I, I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but uh, they got a, quite the rep, reputation for some serious brawlers. So if you're playing road hockey in that area, just v- be careful what you say. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> uh, I looked at the uh, – I saw Grilled once. And for those who don't know what Grilled is, it's a movie. It was after Ray Romano stopped doing Everybody Loves Raymond, wasn't it? Um, it also featured uh, Kevin James. I looked at the, the, the casting list. I saw it once when it came out. I can't find it again, but Kevin James is in this movie. Sofia Vergara is in this movie. Burt Reynolds, Michael Rappaport, and you, man. Like, that's quite the, the cast. It was great, and unfortunately, no one saw it, right? It's like, it's like one of those. I, I, when I got cast in this movie... And you saw it. I mean, it was like three movies in, in, in one, this thing. And the, the beginning was crazy with Ray and Kevin and they're selling meat and they're meat salesmen and it's hot and it's L.A. And then I show up and all hell breaks loose. And Sophia was my girlfriend in that thing. And, and, and Jenny Lewis. And, and it was just a, a crazy cast. But it just it just lost its way, like a lot of these independent films do. You either hit gold or you don't. And Michael Rappaport was completely insane. Burt Reynolds was in it, for heaven's sakes. But Kevin Kevin James is my boy, and he he and I became good pals from that movie. And I've done a few things with him, and I know I'm going to keep doing things with him. So I'm grateful for that, and I had a lot of fun doing it. Well, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool movie. A lot of people should try and find it. I don't know where they would be able to find it, but I know Netflix is really lag, lagging up here. We just got Sons of Anarchy. We get all seven. Yeah, seasons. you did. Yes, you did, Georgie Porgy. Damn Put right. Pie. You got all the seasons now. There's no just one, two, and three. Let's just get them all on Netflix now. Why not? It's about time. We're all locked in the house anyway, and they, they decided to upload all these movies that we wanted to see and shows that we wanted to see 
over the last 10 years now. So uh, there's a bit of a resurgence with uh, Sons of Anarchy. You know, at that time there was Breaking Bad. Uh, what was the other? Walking, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and, and Sons of Anarchy. Those, those four. And I just want to ask you, auditioning for the part of Tig Trager, like, how did that happen? Were you offered the part right away or did you go in an audition for this? No, in fact, it's, it's funny. I probably shouldn't talk about this too long because Theo Rossi, my boy from that show who played Juice, he's got his own podcast like you do and he's rocking it like you are. And we're doing these Reaper reviews now on Theo's podcast called Theory, Theo Re. And um, we're going to be talking about the pilot uh, mid-August mid here and how it all happened. But I will tell you this, everybody had to audition for that show. Everybody, maybe not Katie Seagal, because she was sleeping with the creator. So we're not sure Katie had to, but I can tell you this, there was a lot of people scratching the head when they, when they went, Katie Seagal is going to be playing the biggest matriarch, the biggest old lady in the history of bikerdom. I'm sure people went, what, what? No one could have done what she did. She was that amazing on that show, right? It, so, and, and there was other actors too that, you know, the one girl, what's her name? Um, is it Drea? She jumped from the Sopranos to... Drea DiMatteo, yeah. She was amazing. They all were, right? All the women were so strong and so talented on that show. They were tougher than half the guys in that show. Maybe tougher than all of us. But for me, George, they had already shot the pilot. I went in. I auditioned for Clay. I was too young. I auditioned for Bobby. I wasn't quite right. So I went on my way, and I wished them all the best. And five weeks go by, and I get a call. I'm on the golf course. I don't have my phone on got 18 messages from my agents, my managers, my wife. And I guess they decided that morning to reshoot the pilot with a new clay. There was no take in the original, in the original show. Um, so they, they, they decided to change things up and they cast Ron Perlman that morning. And by the time I went and saw Kurt Sutter, it was about five o'clock in the afternoon. And I had short hair. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I wasn't into Sons of Anarchy anymore at all. That was like six weeks ago that I auditioned. And essentially, he said, we, we'd love you to play this guy called Tig Traeger. And I said, well, can you show me something? And he said, we really don't have much to show you. We, we're just writing him now. And I went, well, I, I really can't unless you show me something. He showed me one scene that he had written. And it wasn't even for the pilot. It was for the next show. And it was dark and funny and twisted and psychotic and i remember going to kurt it's not for me thanks man but i'm i'm really i'm really careful with my bad boys and and that you know the thought of playing someone like this it's it's too much for me to wrap my head around him and he goes listen to me listen to me this guy yeah he's gonna be crazy yeah he's gonna be a bit twisted but he's gonna turn out to be one of the moral compasses of the club he's gonna be funny He's going to cry. He's going to lose people that are dear to him. He's going to protect people that are dear to him. So he's not just like, he's going to be well-rounded. So please, please. And they ended up signing me that night about 10 o'clock at night. And George, I got up at 4.30 the next day, went in for a costume fitting. I'm on my Harley. Oh, I'm walking out the door, by the way, with Kurt Sutter the night before. And Sutter goes, you ride, right? I go, fuck yeah. Oh, can I swear? Sure. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, so yeah, I showed up, threw on some jeans, Kelly Joan, the, the designer who really figured me out after like four or five episodes, she really got Tig's look together. And I came up with the bangles around my wrist and all the rings and 
I had fun playing him, but that's how it all happened. So it, it was just a, a fluke of fluke of something that they wanted me to do this. They were reshooting the pilot and I came along for the ride and that was a seven year ride, man. That was, that was an epic show to be on. They better have given you a bike and a cut after all this too. They did. Awesome. They, they fucking did, awesome, man. That's you know, great. you know everything, George. Don't even, you don't even ask. You know what's going on. I, yeah, I try. Man. I try and know what's what's going on. But like, let's talk about acting. I mean, you've played many various roles. This there's a lot of actors that get stuck. Like George Costanza, Jason Alexander gets stuck with that. You can't really get another role because they always remember him as Jason Alexander. Yeah. You, you fall in a very different position. Like you, you, you have a, a great role in Sons of Anarchy, which is basically reprised now because we can now see it in Canada, but um, it fits you perfectly. Like Thanks. that role fits you perfectly and people love you, man. Like it's a, uh, it's not a George Costanza thing. It's awesome because like, how'd you get in the, in the, in the headspace of becoming uh, TIG? Like, how do you that's get such a, that's, No, that's a great question. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart, George. That's one of the reasons why I, I, I really wasn't looking to do a regular on a TV show for years of my career. Absolutely. Because I really was a movie guy and a guest star on a TV show guy, right? I never really wanted to be that regular on a TV show because I just kept wanting to do movies and coming from the stage like I did. But TIG, man, I mean, I trusted Sutter and, and he delivered. And none of us knew who was gonna die, when we were gonna die, if we live, all that stuff. So I learned a lot about television and I had no idea about the power of TV. I remember, I'm sure you do too, you're a young guy, but I remember when The Sopranos started in that mid-90s, mid-late 90s, right? Jimmy Galdafini, another one, God bless. Um, He went way too young too. Uh, That show, for me, I don't watch a lot of TV. I go to movies. Um, I'm pretty busy these days, so I don't see as much as I should or want to. But I remember seeing that show and that, that music came up and, and, and David Chase and, and, and Galdafini and all those guys and women on that show. That blew my mind. That was the beginning of me going, hmm, maybe TV, if it's the right thing, and cable for me was the right thing. I'm much more of a character actor, as you know, with all the stuff I've done and all the ups and downs that have come along with it. I of getting gigs and not getting gigs and getting gigs and not getting gigs. Sons blew my mind because I got to play that guy and he evolved with the show all seven years, Tig Traeger did. And I got to change him up and yet have a core that Kurt and I found together. And uh, I'm, I'm forever grateful to him and, and John Langraff over at FX to having them, you know, just to giving it to me after those early auditions for Clam Bobby. And I wasn't right for either one of those guys to come back and just give me Tig like that was, was none of us knew that show was going to be as big as it was. I bet you anyone, if you talk to anybody from Game of Thrones or, or Breaking Bad or Walking Dead, like you mentioned, I, no one knows things are going to be that big until they become big. And then all of a sudden, you can't walk down the street anymore. All of a sudden, we're, we're pulling up on our motorcycles, George, to, to come to work. And there's 200 fans with bodyguards, like pushing them out of the way so we could come to work. I mean, and that happened just like, like that. And the fans were phenomenal and crazy and, and beautiful and we love them all well it's it's very incredible to to look back at that time when you had the four series going almost head to head with each other 
uh, it must have been a really cool crew to party with. If you guys ever had a, a get together after. We didn't party one time. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have no. no idea. We, we, George, where were you? Why were you not coming out with us every Friday night? I don't understand. <laughs> no, we, we, uh, we hung out, man. Like, like, like a club. I mean, we really did. There was 10 of us and we were inseparable dinner. I mean, TMZ would hear we were there and we'd, we'd have bodyguards take, get away, let the boys enjoy their meal. And, and it, 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 we really did stick together for those six months. Now, like family, when that six months was over shooting, we were like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see you. I want to get, but right. But after about a month, month and a half, Charlie would call and you want to ride? Booney and I would ride. Tommy, Theo. I mean, we would just get together. Ron Prom and I are inseparable. I mean, we would just see each other during the off season because we couldn't wait to start again. And yet we were all invigorated to start again. And that's the thing about TV. People, look, I never complain about my job. I think the crew has it tougher than actors. You're out in the sun all day long. Um, tough. In LA, it's freaking hot. So I never complain about my job ever. But I got to tell you, six months in the sun with those cuts and those bikes and the violence that that show turned into it it really it screwed with a lot of us uh in our heads for a while and uh it was nice to break away from it at the end even though i'll never forget it oh absolutely and plus you know you hang out with your your co-stars and uh and actors and crew it, it helps the chemistry on set doesn't it does yeah we all we all knew each other very well absolutely we love the directors we, so we, there, we there was, a, there was a difference between the first day and like the you know the, the fifth season because you guys were more tight-knit and you guys knew more about each other and, and how uh the mannerisms work and then the cues of each person on set and stuff like that so it's, it's pretty cool how it all developed into a, an iconic series i i can say that this can go up up against the sopranos and i could put it up on that pedestal with the sopranos um so congratulations on that there, there, there's a lot of awesome movies you've been part of and i was watching bad blood uh, one of your shows on Netflix uh, most recently. And you know what? I, I wish that would have came back for a third season. It wasn't possible, but I got to tell you the first couple episodes I was watching it. I was like, fuck yeah, man, this is great. You know, uh, I like the mafia stuff. Come on. I mean, come on. You and I are Canadian proud. I got Anthony LaPaglia to do that. I co-produced it with Mark Montefiore, Michael Conover's showrunner, Simon Barry, Paul Cernino. I mean, we, we had so many incredible Canadian actors on the first and second season to do two seasons. First one's pretty, pretty truthful. Second one, we kind of made up with some truths along the way, but made it up. Um, won all those awards at the end of the second season. Yeah, Mark, Mark was very, um, and Natalie Rodriguez over at Rogers. We, we, we tried desperately to get a third season to try and wrap it up a little bit. And it just never really, it never really happened. Last year, I took the year off to, I only did one movie in Fiji, Fantasy Island. That's the only thing I did last year because I really was trying hard with Mark and Michael and, and Natalie to get this third season of Bad Blood. And I got to tell you, you know, it probably wasn't meant to be because the whole COVID thing has changed the whole world anyway. And we would have been in almost ready to shoot mode and it would have all got shut down this April. So I guess things happen for a reason. I mean, it's not over, 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 over. But I've moved on and I'm so proud of all the awards we won and the acclaim and it was a huge Netflix hit. It still is. And it's Canadian. And we should be so proud of that. 
Absolutely. So growing up in Saskatoon, um, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, you're, you're a CFL fan? Yeah. I'd, take, I'd, I'd show you my underwear if I could, George. They're green and white, baby. Go Riders, go. All right, so you're no obviously – you're, no, 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 no. I don't, I, you know what, CFL, <laughs> it, it's, it's off and on with me, man. And you know what, uh, I'm a, obviously – You're I'm too a, young, George. You don't get it. You're too young. I don't I get, get it. it. I don't get the you're three downs. You're an NFL guy. You're a basketball hockey guy. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Are you a, you're a hockey fan, obviously. Who are you cheering for? You know, I mean, I, I guess, George, are you a Leaf fan? Yeah, my old set used to have a Leaf, uh, Leaf logo behind me, actually. So I feel sorry I for myself. That. I like that brick okay, you good. got, but I would have liked the uh, Leafs are my, I love the Leafs. I'm, I'm a Red Wing fan like you, that like you mentioned earlier, because Gordy Howe was born in Saskatoon. But I'm just a hockey fan, man. There's a few teams I don't like. I'm not in love with the Flyers these days. I'm not in love with the Bruins these days. I think they spit and they cheat and they're, you know, they're too big and they're too good. But I'm a hockey fan. And the good thing about Kim Coates, how lucky am I? Before the world changed, the new normal now, I don't know what it's going to be here. Hopefully we'll get back to, you know, some norm- normalcy in a year or whatever. But hockey for me, I was in all these cities doing my charities, doing my signings, doing my filming. And I'd pop in and see the Ducks. I'd pop in and see the Hawks. I'd pop in and see the Leafs. I'd pop in and see the Red Wings. I mean, they invited me to Joe finally. They've been trying to get me to Joe for like 10 years. And I could never go because of filming, whatever, whatever. And they find the, the head uh Aaron she called me she goes you understand that Joe's closing this year you are our biggest fan I freaking flew there they put me up I got to play with Draper on the ice we passed the puck he showed me all Stanley Cup rings I showed me all showed him all my TIG rings we had such fun together and and Franzen and the boys and they gave me all their gloves and they lost six nothing to the Leafs that night I mean they couldn't even score me a goal uh but the Leafs played really well man and uh was good it was a good I'll never forget never forget well, if we go back to Sons of Anarchy, one thing that stands out for you, like in this, what, what was your favorite storyline? You think? My favorite storyline. Well, I don't know if I had a, a favorite. I'm pretty famous for saying I don't have favorites, but I, I, I do now. On, on reflecting, when Kurt Sutter told me that the beginning of season five, I was going to lose my daughter. And I was going to be chained like an animal in handcuffs. And she was going to be burned alive in front of me. I thought it was a really bad joke. I thought, you know, why are you saying this shit, dude? Like, what, you know, he goes, no, I'm dead serious. And when I got the script, I really had to go to my uh, across the street L.A. therapist buddy of mine, a couple bottles of red wine, to go over the mindset and, and the happenings in the body if you can even try and grasp, grasp something like that. I have two beautiful daughters in real life, so I was able to draw on that internal storyline. And Rachel Minor, who played my daughter, Dawn, she's phenomenal, just phenomenal. And Harold Perrineau, who played Pope, we didn't talk all season until it was over, and then we gave each other a big hug. We had so much respect there. That storyline was some of the hardest shit I've ever done as an actor, I think, for sure, emotionally. Uh, but I'll never forget it again. I mean, you know, what you do, the reason why you're so good at what you do, George, is you love what you do. And, if, you know, if it's not hard, you're not trying. If, if you're not stretched, you're not going to grow. Um, I've never been afraid to fail, and that's why I, I don't think I ever have failed, because I'm not afraid of it at all. So 
uh, that that storyline was something I'll never forget. You're not afraid of failure. So what's some advice for someone aspiring to become an actor that you would give them? Him or her. I mean, look, I talk to kids all the time. I'm in a very good position now with people knowing who I am and they want my advice all the time. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You have to follow your bliss. You have to, to go for things. You have to, there's no rules anymore. You can be a teacher. You can, you can have, you can have a podcast. You can be an actor, you can be a doctor, you, but just go for it. And if you have artistic feelings inside you, you go for it. Now, don't be in a rush to go to Toronto from Thunder Bay. Don't be in a rush to go to New York from, from Baltimore. Don't be in a rush to go to LA from Indiana. That's not gonna work. Stay where you are, do theater, do improv, take classes. You have an iPhone, I'm on an iPhone. I should have put my earbuds in. Can you hear me okay? It's too late now. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, okay, good, I have buds, I forgot all okay. about them. Um, I need a drink, obviously, George. Anyway, it's five o'clock. Um, you know, these kids get, and, and your, your, your peers, your peers, join groups, sing, um, watch movies. Uh, write little movies and, and do them on your iPhone and watch yourself because acting is not acting. You can't act. If you act, the camera's going to see it. For Francis Ford Coppola, one of the greatest things he ever said to me was, and he said this a lot, I, I heard later, is you have to know your lines well enough to forget them. Like you and I don't know what we're going to say right now. This is as real as it's getting. We don't know what we're going to say. That's how real it needs to be in front of the camera. You have to learn those lines and know where you're coming from internally and then forget it. Forget it. Know them, but forget it. Because then you need to listen. I'm listening to you. You're listening to me. Acting's listening. It's not acting. It's listening. And then reacting. That's, that's what it is. I mean, Brando used to say, fuck continuity. Fuck continuity. I don't care if I was stroking the cat that way. Just, I'm, if I don't, fuck it. You cut around it or, and and I understood that about Brando. He, he, uh, he was just so uh, alive and real and kinetic. And that's, these young kids, they think they know what method acting is. They don't have a clue. They don't, they don't have a sniff. Method acting is internalizing the work, internalizing your character. I mean, I'm about to go to work now, George. I haven't worked in four and a half months. I mean, we're in a whole new, right, bubble now. And Canada's doing pretty good i mean better than than most i've still got a long way to go touch wood but you know i got four movies in a row and the first one's going to be soon and so i'm getting into this guy i'm about to play and randall O'Keefe is directing it it's called see for me i've never met the man um he was supposed to do it back in march uh but the the, the covid thing changed everything and now they're picking it up again now because they're ready to go all the covid boxes have to be checked so we're ready to go but next time I talk to you, we'll have something to discuss because it's a whole new normal now for filming, for the crew, for the acting, for drivers, for no craft service. So uh, I'm excited. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm excited to see what, what this new normal right now is and get back to work. How do you memorize your lines? If you have, say, 20 lines or I don't know how many lines you get in a movie, how do you memorize them? Just repetition? I fucking hate that question, George. I got to tell you. I just, I do. Oh, well, I, it's an honest know, question. But, but, but smart guys like you ask it all the time. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've been acting, George, for so long now. And reading 
Sam Shepard and, and Tennessee Williams and, 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 and George Bernard Shaw and Shakespeare, all the Shakespeare I've done, I mean, memorizing lines for a movie compared to playing Macbeth or I played Johnny Rooster Byron in Jez Butterworth's masterpiece, um, Jerusalem with my daughter Brenna two years ago. I, I didn't die on stage. It's three hours and 15 minutes long. So Mark Rylance and I, he's the only other guy to have done it. And now me, I met him in New York and had dinner with him and he gave me some really nice jewels. And, uh, we're so happy for me to be playing this guy. Anyway, so when you, when you do theater, memorizing just is part of your, who you are, right? So memorizing's all right for me. I think most actors, Charlie Hunnam, Theo Rossi, they can, like, I'm, I'm back. It takes me a minute. It takes me a Hollywood minute to learn shit. They got it like that. Charlie, he had, I mean, he had so much to say in that final season. Uh, we would look at him and go, are you fucking kidding me? You learned that last night. Like, I don't know how you had speeches after speech. And he, he could do that. And uh, Bad Blood for me. I co-produced it. I started it. It was my show. I had to learn stuff on the fly on that show. But Michael Conovis, one of the best writers I've ever, ever worked with, by, bar none. He was so good at understanding that my method, my internal, I had it but I went off a little bit and, and uh, the best directors will let the best actors do that because then it's really real. So memorization is not really a, too much of a problem for me. Well, Kim, it's been awesome. I have a question for you. We base this, this the show around coffee and conversation. So how do you take your coffee? Damn coffee. Look at me. I'm an actor. I should be drinking it all day long. I don't. I have one cup in the morning. Super strong. Little bit of cremo, little bit of something that has some vanilla in it. Just a little bit to take the color down. A little bit, you know, dark brown, light brown. You know, never light, never double, 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 all that shit. Don't do that. But I like it strong, but only one cup. I'm done for the day. My, my, my heart, my brain can't take it. I'm too whacked out as it is, George. I'm like you, George. I know you. I know yeah. you. Do you drink a lot of coffee? Uh, I try not to, but I have to, right? Right? But you do, because you're doing this all day long. And you're thinking about it at nighttime. So, so you know, you drink a cup of coffee. I know. It. Even before this interview, I'm like, yo, I, I got I to gotta wake up. I got to have a cup of coffee. <laughs> Kim Coates is coming on. Oh, no. Hey, man, you're a Canadian boy. I love you, man. Thanks for having me. I love you, too, man. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Anytime. I mean it. Let's talk. No, seriously, George, don't fuck around with this. I oh. do a lot of these and I do them when I want to do them. And I wanted to, you know, talk to you a couple months, reach out to my people again. Let's do this again because I'll have stuff. There's COVID incredible filming stuff going on on now with different rules and regulations. And I'll have some, uh, some, maybe some good insight. You never know. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Peace brother. Take care, man.